0: No, my hearty Mikey ki Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. On the programme today, the survey from the Chief Centre has revealed how pervasive misinformation is in Aotearoa and how it's affecting our beliefs. One in two Kiwis had at least one belief based uh, in misinformation, be it 5G, 9-11, vaccine safety. Kate Hanna is project lead for the Disinformation Project at the University of Auckland. She joins us on that. And the biggest shake-up of water and sewage infrastructure seen in generations. So water services of 67 councils down to four bodies. That's proposed. And lowering the voting age. In May this year, Wales made it possible for 16 year olds to vote in local government elections. Should we do the same? We talk about this. Plus, on the programme, spontaneous combustion claims are on the rise, costing insurers 7 million in two years. And what is it often down to? Hot Laundry, both commercial and domestic, you'll be wanting to hear this story. With us this afternoon, Sally Wenley, freelance journalist. Kia ora, Sally.
1: Kia ora, Wallace.
0: Lovely to have you in the studio.
1: Great to be here.
0: And for the first time on the panel, the one and only fishmonger, food writer and chef, Martin Bosley. Martin, kia ora. lovely to have you on. Oh, kia ora, Wallace, thank you very much for having me. Went to your fine establishment, no longer there on the waterfront. Was it called Bosley's one? Yeah, it was Martin, oh, just Ma-
2: eponymously named Martin Bosley's, Woo! for better or worse. The height, the height of dining. Yes, oh. it was, yeah. Back, back when you could do that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, Martin and Sally with me today. Now, just a heads up. Drivers who buy new cars from July the 1st will be able to get taxpayer-funded rebates of almost uh, $9,000 for a new electric or plug-in hybrid car, and around $3,500 for used cars. So... On that note, we have an electric vehicle Q and A with Professor Henrik Moller uh, from 4:30 p.m. tomorrow. Now he's a sustainability expert who has studied EVs for many years now. If you have a question regarding electric vehicles, you can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. That email the panel at rnz.co.nz, and I will put those to the Q and A special at 4.30 tomorrow, right here on the panel. Now, it's time for our Dear panel. We do this every Wednesday. We have a couple of letters from um, from listeners. And joining us to read them out is our RNZ work experience student, Mary Argue. Joining us for our Dear panel letter, Mary, Kiora. Lovely kiura, to have you on the program.
3: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yes, indeed. Okay. What do you have for us? What's first up?
3: All right. First up, Dear panel. My husband would like our family to move to Australia, to Sydney. I can't say I'm thrilled, but I'm trying to be positive. I've been there once and had little desire to go back. I found Australian weather harsh, Aussies brash, and I'm scared of snakes.
0: Mm.
3: I also don't like the way they say skinny. What's that referring to? No idea. Um, is anyone familiar with Australia on a day-to-day level, please?
0: Mary, have you, have you lived in Australia?
3: No, I've not lived in Australia, but I was just telling Martin here, I lived mm. in France for a year, and I came oh, back is... with an Australian accent. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was. Oh, no. It
3: took a while to shake.
0: Yeah, all right. So, um, well, I've never lived in Australia. Around the panel. Have you lived in Australia, Sally?
1: No, I have not, but I've been the uh, tourist there a few times.
0: As, as if I am. Martin, what about you?
2: Yeah, I lived in Port Douglas for five years. Did you? Up, up in far North Queensland,
0: yeah. So... You first. What, do, what, 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 what uh, advice do you have? Well, I'd never go to Sydney, that's for sure. Yeah? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: Sydney's great to visit, I think. I love visiting Sydney, but I could never live there Um Far of Queensland's beautiful, I think. Is um, it? Yeah, oh, it's a stunning place. Absolutely magnificent. What so took could, you there? Um, oh, in, a, in a search for a better, a better attitude, I think. Actually, I was just trying, trying to find myself, Wallace. It was my time to sit on a beach under a palm tree and reflect on, uh, on, on, my, on my life at the time. And uh, and, it was a, and it was a great place to, uh, to do it. The problem with Port Douglas was it was full of Queenslanders. Okay, which was was part of the it was, was a bit of an issue. But that was twenty five years ago. In, in what sense?
0: Because Queenslanders are very different from New Zealanders, are they? Are Queenslanders they, uh...
2: are very different to Australians. You know, the Queen, really? Queenslanders,
0: <laughs>
2: are Queenslanders are Queenslanders first and Australians second, and uh, and Queenslanders tend to not have a lot of time for Aust- uh, for New Zealanders. So it was um, really the f- yeah. The further north I went, the more the more objectional they became. And so I got to Port Douglas, actually, when I found there was a lot of Kiwis there, and we sort of grouped together as a band, Kiwis travelling in a pack, you know, which is what we tend to do when we go overseas. Oh,
1: isn't that typical? Yeah, Kiwis going on yeah. mass. Yeah, we Go, go of, over to absorb the culture, and, you know, like going to London or wherever, and end up in a pub with a whole lot of a, Kiwis a, drinking New Zealand beer. Oh yes. standing,
2: <laughs> at a, standing at a urinal once in Paris, and a guy said to me, he said, is you Martin, eh? And I was like, what? And he said, we were doing to college together. Like, oh my, my goodness,
0: you know that's that's what happens to us, right? Uh, so you know, it's crazy. So, okay, so no no advice so far. What about you? Oh. I mean, here, here's a here, Sally. Here's a person. The the, the husband wants to take the family to us to Australia. This the, this this person saying, uh, I'm trying to be positive, but I'm not into it.
1: I think that she should say no unless he can come up with a fantastic plan of where they're going to live, what they're going to do What the benefits of going there are um, compared to New Zealand?
0: That's pretty staunch. Mm. Mm. Put your foot down.
1: Well, it's a pretty big country. (laughs) Imagine imagine telling your missus that we're going to Australia, full stop.
0: Yeah, no, okay, all right. Uh, Someone says a skinny latte refers to a trim latte. Antonio says your list means how Aussies say skinny, Uh, skinny, skinny, yeah. Uh, Do we have another letter?
3: We sure do. So this one's from Grant. He says, I'm going on a date. The first time as a non-drinker and I'm finding the concept weird. What do I say if she asks why I'm not having a drink? Now, this one, that's where he finishes. I feel... That's it. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one because I feel like people need to stop asking this question. So... I don't well, know. Next really,
0: really? Because if you go, really, if you I agree, Sally. So. If you go on a date and you're having a nice, say, um, let's just say, a nice Merlot, a rich red Merlot, and, and the other person, uh, it's eight p.m., nice little cute wine bar, and the other person has a Fanta, you'd ask questions, wouldn't you?
3: Well, maybe about the Fanta because that would be my, that would be mm-hmm. the last choice of drink for me.
0: Okay, all right, not a fair. That's a bad example, isn't it? <laughs>
1: They could, they could order a mocktail and make
0: mm, it a bit
2: okay. of fun. Uh, so, okay. Know, I mean, as, as a non-drinker myself, um, I've, you know, I go to wine dinners and things all the time and people are like, you don't drink the wine? I'm like, no. So I either sit on the sparkling water uh, or do the mocktail thing. You know, there's, there's some really good... A lot of restaurants now do really great mocktails. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, not, they're not all fluffy where they're floating around the top Ooh. and cream and that sort of thing. There's some really, you know, some really clever bartenders doing some great work out there. Okay. And, and if, I mean, if people say, oh, why don't you drink? I you tell them the truth. Um, but oh, because you,
0: you don't drink, do you?
2: No, I don't drink, no, mm-hmm. no. And um, so I just usually you know, come straight out with it and just say, well, I'm a recovering alcoholic, and that usually stops the conversation dead in its tracks. Well, that's right. At that's, that point. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, yeah. a,
0: first, that, that's a strong yeah. first. Uh... Yeah, but, it's just, and, but yes, I found but, that's the easiest
2: yeah. way of being you know, being honest about it and right. go, oh, yes. that's interesting. Otherwise, you get the whole supposition of like, oh, are you on antibiotics? What's the reason? Are you doing dry July? All that kind of <laughs> you know, nonsense there. So yeah. I, just don't, look, I just don't drink. End of. Yeah. But that, but that doesn't mean that they can't have a great time or they shouldn't Absolutely. drink. Absolutely. That, that's the weird thing. They go, oh, in that case, I won't drink. It's like, you pull your boots, mate.
0: You know? really? Yeah, you, I mean, really? Really? It m-
2: doesn't worry me at all. I'd be like, you have a drink, you want a drink, you should drink the wine or have a beer or whatever, you'll enjoy it.
1: Mm. Yeah. Sally? My advice to Grant would be to just um, have an answer ready uh, mm. and just say why if you choose. And if they don't react nicely, then I'd politely just move on maybe say, so, yeah. well, thank you, but um,
2: mm.
1: this is not going to happen. Mm. No, it, um, shouldn't, it
2: shouldn't make any difference.
0: No, it shouldn't make a difference. And I guess the, the key point here, uh, Martin, is it doesn't have to revolve around alcohol.
2: Exactly. I mean Yeah, and that's the thing, right? I mean, for 30-odd years, my world did revolve around alcohol with unfortunate consequences. But, you know, I have a much better time now that I don't drink. It doesn't have to be all about the, um, about the consumption of alcohol at the night. Yeah, I think almost- too often that gets in the way of a night out, actually.
0: Okay, as someone says here, why mm-hmm. is alcohol so important for a day? Mm. Ridiculous logic, Wallace. Drink yeah, is, what yeah. you enjoy. Yes, good mm. answer. Yeah, nice one. All right, thank you for those letters. And Mary Argue, thank you very much for being with us thank this afternoon. Thank you
1: very
3: much for having
0: me. Yes, all right, it is time for I've Been Thinking. Um, well, Because you're first on the show, that's mm-hmm. your first time, what didn't you start? Um, I've Been Thinking... Wallace, um, about the hospitality industry
2: which I've I've just mentioned Um, level 2, which is great in Wellington here, going back down to that, but there's a wider effect that happens from going to level um, sorry, going back to level 1 I should say being at level 2 for the hospital industry and that is it doesn't just return to normal straight away, Uh, and there's a wider sort of set of consequences that go on that we don't really talk about, Uh, and in particular I'm referring to a restaurant called High Water which is here in Wellington um, that on the the night of the um, of that Saturday night, when the diner, the infected diner, went there, you know, eighty percent of their staff were working that night, including the key staff, being the owners, who are now in a fourteen-day quarantine. So they actually can't open their restaurant on Tuesday until Tuesday of next week. Oh gosh! So you know, while the rest of the, the rest of the city gets back to normal, you know, there's a there's a few businesses out there that can't, um, and the subsidy doesn't extend to those staff that weren't working. Um, you know, those people know that they don't have hours coming in at the moment; uh, they don't get paid. They don't get paid for. The, there's no subsidy for the deep clean. So something I think has to change around that. We're opening the Trans Tasman bubble. These people have done nothing wrong themselves, but they're now suffering as a failure of the system. Um, and I think if the government can't get this sort of this process right, then they need to be to put in some um, some guarantees for businesses that are directly affected by it, that. They are compensated in some respects. And I think that's a conversation that we have to have, wider as a dining public that it's an, it's an industry that's in trouble. You know, it, it can't find staff as it is for a number of reasons. And one is you know, if you suddenly find yourself without work for two weeks, you start looking for another job or another career. Oh. Um, so you know, the industry is losing people in droves because they can't work from home
0: the i mean there are, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, it is complex isn't it and mm. there's no, no there's no doubt that the there is something really quite unique facing the hospitality dining uh, sector one of course that comes up again and again and again martin bosley is pay and Absolutely. the level of pay
2: yeah you know, and i and i agree that like i mean I, I paid staff for years and wish i could have paid them more um, you know, I, I really accept that the people in the hospitality industry are not paid anywhere near enough money for the job that they that they do. But the but that pay comes from one place, and that's the that's the selling price of your main course. So if you want to pay people more, which they should, then we have to be prepared that we're going to pay more for our meals if we go out. And that's the simple truth. And, again, the, you know, the dining public has to be aware of that, right. that if, you're gonna, if you want to see that, bar, that, that um, the barista get paid a decent wage, then your latte is probably going to cost you $7, not $4.50. Okay.
0: Wow. All right, Martin Bosley, thank you very much. All right, Sally Wendley, I've been thinking.
1: I've been thinking about how proud I am to own a ute now, I'm getting a bit grumpy at some of the recent publicity surrounding youth. There's been some research that's come from Auckland University, and it's been really, really negative. And they did some research saying...
0: Because you're polluting the world. well, The likes of you are polluting our environment. Yes. That's why it's negative.
1: <laughs> yes, you're dead right. However, I don't think their research was robust enough and as well as polluting the universe, I think they could get go rid of, a bit get rid, further. Get
0: rid of your ute, buy an EV. What's an EV? Electri- no. Electric vehicle. That
1: was a joke. <laughs> so this research, in three and a half hours, they did some observational research looking at utes. And they just watched them, and only a third were clearly marked as commercial vehicles, and um, 9% were obviously towing, and the rest were just used for everyday um, cars. And they said they're a hostile sort of vehicle. And I thought, well, that's not really robust research at all. And then there's um, Julianne Genter, the Green Party spokesperson for Transport, who said, you know, they're not marketed as practical work vehicles at all and they're all about lifestyle and status for men who want to feel more masculine you live in inner city ponsonby why on earth do you need a yute let me tell you i go (laughs) hunting and i put my rifles in the back i have a drone i go fishing i put all my fishing gear in the back and if i'm lucky i can put my fish in there as well and I also put my wheelchair in the back. But I have a plethora of outdoor activities, which I do with my ute. And I live in Central Ponce, and I've, I've lived there for some time. I think you just described the, the perfect only one, one I'm the only one who has a ute apart from all the tradies. So not only is it used outside, it's you know it's sort of also good for revving up the diesel and scaring a few yummy mummies from time to time. So it's very beneficial. Controversial. <laughs> so I'm in the country girl living in the town, and I use my ute for practical things. I tell you. So when I get my big Ooh. kingfish or I'm out hunting... I bring it back into Ponsonby and I'm the only one with the ute and I use it legitimately. Can
0: I have some of that fish? You sure can. Thank you. Uh, Sally Winley, Martin Bosley on the panel this afternoon. Stay with us. Four to five, right here.